Welcome to 20 Minute Fitness, powered by ShapeScale, your personal 3D body scanner. I'm Martin Kessler, and today's show is all about our body's largest and possibly most versatile organ, our skin. Our skin keeps our insights in and quite a bit of bad stuff out. It provides us with our sense of touch to feel pleasure and pain. It produces melanin to protect us from the sun's rays damaging effect. Skin also repairs itself when it gets damaged or bruised and it goes really on our constant renewal process shedding millions of cells every single day. In fact, all of our outer skin cells are replaced every single month and end up producing a pound of dust every year, believe it or believe it not. Unfortunately, eventually even our skin can't stand the test of time and just like death, aging is everything but inevitable. However, not all is lost and just like our overall health, there are definitely ways to take better care of our skin. To discuss this topic today with me, we have invited Bethany McDaniel, founder and CEO of Primarily Pure. Primarily Pure focuses on natural skincare products and they also have an excellent blog which really provides a ton of information regarding how to better take care of one's skin. Bethany herself actually struggled with acne and skin sensitivity which led her onto a quest for better skin health. Hi, Bethany. Welcome to the show. Hi, Martin. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, I want to lead in today with the founding story of Primarily Pure, and I've read a bit about it on your website and learned that you had struggled with acne and sensitive skin before, which ultimately led to the building of Primarily Pure. Now, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your skincare journey, if I may put it that way, and how you actually ended up building Primarily Pure. Yeah, I'd love to. So I did have acne in high school and in college. I mean, starting in junior high, really. And looking back, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was in the moment. And I really believe that I caused a lot of unnecessary damage to my skin by treating my skin in a really conventional way. So Instead of kind of looking outside the box at what is the root cause of this, I just kind of listened to what my dermatologist was telling me. I listened to like the commercials I saw on TV and would try every new fad product. And at the end of all of it was just kind of left feeling like none of this is really working. Some of it is maybe helping short term, but some of it was also causing other problems like sensitivity issues and whatnot. So I, after several years of looking at my skin from a really clinical perspective, um, in terms of like, how do I treat this problem in a really, in like the way that was normal quote at the time, um, which is just kind of doing whatever your doctor tells you and like looking at all these drugstore products and trying out different ones. That's what I was doing. And by the end of it, I was really frustrated because I felt like nothing was working and there had to be something more to this than just kind of treating the symptom is, is what I kind of knew instinctively. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't really know like how to get there because every time I asked the question to like my dermatologist, for instance, like, is there anything that I'm eating that I could change that would kind of like help my skin? Um, And the answer was always just like, no, some people have acne, some people don't. It's just a, just like the cards you're dealt. And that just never sat well with me because I didn't know this at the time, but now it's like, you think about these hunter gatherer populations, you know, in the past and even current hunter gatherer populations, there, there are virtually no signs of things like acne or other diseases. Like they don't exist. So I knew that there was more to it than just my genetics, but I didn't know what that looked like yet. And there were just a lot of little pieces along the way over the next several years of my journey that kind of eventually all came together and really expanded my thinking in terms of like how to care for your skin and how to care for your whole body. So the first step for me was cleaning up my diet, um, 
ditching processed foods and eating a diet that consisted of primarily whole foods, real food. That was huge for me. And then after I made that swap, I, I noticed a huge improvement in my skin health and in my health overall. I started looking at the products I was using next and realized that a lot of products in my cabinet, a lot of the products that I had been using for my entire life contained so many chemicals. I mean, tens of thousands of chemicals are on the market today. Only about 1% of those have ever been tested for safety. So I just kind of like food where you realize like, gosh, this most of what I've been eating for my entire life is really not um, good for me. I kind of had the same realization with my skincare and personal care products. And then from there started little by little making swaps. And, you know, that was back in 2012 when I kind of started dabbling in all of this and there weren't a whole lot of natural solutions on the market at that time. So I just decided to kind of start making my own stuff and it was really simple stuff in the beginning. Like I used coconut oil and baking soda as a deodorant and I used jojoba oil as a moisturizer, just super simple things like that. And then I just kind of geeked out on it and was really fascinated by these natural ingredients and how well they worked for me and started making a little bit more complex formulas, nothing, nothing crazy by any means, but you know, more than just one ingredient or two ingredients. And eventually some of my friends and family were interested in the products and I was happy to share them. And then they wanted to start buying them and things just kind of snowballed until I got to the point where I started selling my products on my husband's um, family farms website. So kind of during all of this time, my husband and his brothers and dad started an organic livestock farm where they raised animals outside on grass on the pasture. And so I started selling my products on their website and they were pretty small at the time, but the products were doing really well. Um, you know, the customer base of the farm was small, but people were really, had really taken to my stuff enough so that after a few months, I ended up starting a website just for Primely Pure and was selling all of my products on there. Um, I was still kind of a one woman show at the times so doing everything in my kitchen, making the products myself, shipping the products myself, all of that, and never thought it would turn into really anything more than that. But here we are um, almost six years later now. And I have a team of about 40 people. Um, we're shipping packages all over the world every year, hundreds of thousands of packages. And it's just crazy um, how far we've come. And it's been such a fun journey. Super grateful to be doing this. That's amazing. I mean, you've, you've really come a long, long way. And it's, it's great to see like how successful Primary Pure has become now. Now, you're not a chemist by trade, right? So how did you even come up with the different formulations? Correct. I am not. So it was just a lot of research and especially a lot of trial and error. And, you know, before I even launched anything officially, I was testing these products on myself, on friends and family and taking their feedback and making tweaks. I was doing that for almost two years before I even sold anything to the public. So just researching ingredients and kind of how to work with them. And then just doing a lot of testing on my own is kind of what I did for a long time. And now we actually have someone on our team that I work with really closely on new product formulas. But in the beginning, it was just kind of me figuring it out. Very cool. Now, now for today's show, I would really love for us to equip our listeners with the knowledge of how they can take better care of their own skin. And um, our skin is pretty complex. And I'm sure there are a number of factors, some of, of them you have already touched upon, right? Like from your diet, all the way to the products that you use. And I'm sure there's more than that, you know, what contributes actually to some problematic skin conditions like acne, or eczema, or even, you know, like, 
the skin aging process, which is also a big, a big thing, right? Maybe you can start off by, by talking a bit about all the factors that really play a role in our skin's health. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I always go back to diet as kind of the number one thing. And I know mm-hmm. that my company sells products <laughs> and products are hugely important, but um, I would say that diet is even more important. And I think we, we don't think of our skin as an organ a lot of times, but it is. And when we're thinking about any other organ and how to keep it healthy. We, I think we tend to think about diet more and, you know, we know that what we eat impacts our health, but oftentimes we don't think that way when it comes to our skin. But, um, I really believe that, that it's a huge factor in skin health. And I saw it, I saw it in myself, you know, changing my diet and then seeing like my acne improve so much. And, Diet wise, you know, I'm a big believer in sticking to real foods and trying to eat as closely as possible to how our ancestors ate. And it's something that is still like so many people are still kind of trying to figure that out, like what that looked like exactly. And it's different depending on, you know, what region, you know, you, you lived back in the day. But for me, it just the most important things that, that I try to avoid are sugar for sure. Like any type of refined sugar. So, you know, I think a lot of people think of sugar in terms of like, yeah, I don't eat sugar. I'm not like sitting around eating spoonfuls of sugar, but (laughs) it's like, it's like in everything. Right. So, um, it's so important to just like read labels and early on. Yeah. Early on, like I, you know, for most of my life I was always looking at calories and now I almost don't even look at that. I just look at like, what are the ingredients and it's tough to find things that don't have added sugar, but that's a big one. I try to avoid Um, in addition to like processed vegetable oils. So with so much of our cells being made up of fat, um, I really try to focus on incorporating healthy fats and avoiding um, lots of omega-6 fats like canola oil and vegetable oil and soybean oil and things like that. And instead consuming oils like coconut and avocado and, you know, olive oil, um, ghee, um, that kind of thing. So those are like the big two. Yeah, and, um, just just two weeks ago, actually, we had a guest, Sean Dollinger, and we were talking about the vegetarian diet and its health benefits. And we, we had a similar theme there that whole foods are just so much healthier than processed foods. Now, when, when looking at its impact actually on skin, why do you think it's negatively impacting skin when you eat processed foods? Um, you know, I don't know what happens on like a super scientific level, but I always go back to just like historically mm-hmm. what humans have eaten and how far our current like standard American diet is from what our ancestors ate. Like our ancestors, I mean, they weren't like snacking from sunup to sundown. I feel like now we're just constantly consuming food. And that wasn't a thing up until recently. People were out like gathering and hunting and maybe they had like one big feast at the end of the day, but it wasn't this constant like consumption, you know, from beginning of the day to the end of the day. I think that's a big one. And, and all these like packaged foods um, just, weren't a thing. So that's kind of what I think about. And I think that like, we are all genetically predisposed to different things. So for me, you know, one of the things that that I'm predisposed to is like breakouts. And for someone else, inflammation might not manifest in the form of a breakout, maybe it'll manifest in the form of like, um, an autoimmune disease or allergies, or, um, you know, it could be any any different thing. But I think we have all of these names for different conditions nowadays. But ultimately, the cause is the same. The cause is like unhealthy cells and why are our cells unhealthy? I think, you know, a big reason is the foods we're eating and how much of a mismatch our current modern diet is from what it was 
you know, 300 years ago, even like 100 years ago, you know, we've come so far and not in a good way in the last several years. So that's kind of how I think about it. Right. And yeah, just maybe adding to that, because you were talking about sugar, and it's also something that we had covered in a, in a previous podcast with Dr. Mahmoud Ghanoum, who is really big into the micro and mucobiome, and obviously the skin itself, you know, is, is one of the largest organs, right? And it has its own microbiome, and, and which can be also disrupted, I believe, uh, through the candida bacterial culture, which is largely dependent on actually sugar intake. And from what I understand, it is this what is creating inflammation also in, in your skin, but also in your organs inside uh, of your body. And um, that's why, from, from what I understand, limiting sugar intake, or ideally not really consuming any sugar besides perhaps honey and maple syrup is really the way to go. Yeah, I would agree. I think limiting sugars to, like you said, things like honey, maple syrup, you know, coconut sugar in moderation, fruit in moderation is definitely the way to go. And have you found any specific foods that you would recommend to avoid besides, of course, processed processed foods as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I, I also don't, I'm, I'm not, um, I avoid gluten. So um, mm -hmm. for me, that's also something that, that is triggering, um, I think, processed dairy can be problematic. I, um, you know, processed animal foods in general, like I said, my family has an organic pasture raised livestock farm. And, and I, I am a big believer in the importance of animal based nutrients. If they are from animals that are raised outside on grass, like, like they're meant to live and, and not in a confined animal feeding operation. So I think those are important to incorporate, but yeah, I think you can really knock out a lot of like quote, bad foods by eliminating sugar, grains, and um, vegetable oils. And, and, you know, even I would say like dairy as well, because there's so many chemicals, right? Like on food mm -hmm. labels that you're like, you see them and you're like, what even is that? I don't even know what that is. But a lot of times those are going to be in the foods that also have sugar and also have, you know, these other like harmful ingredients. So yeah, and I've, I've, I've actually read some time ago that dairy can be a huge factor for, for acne as well. So yeah, that's what yeah, also I also heard. Think, it's good to avoid. Yeah, I think people struggling with it um, would be better off without it. And um, just in general, a lot of us are trying, maybe they don't have any specific skin conditions, but they just want to maintain good health. They want to keep young, of course, and limit the process of aging of your skin in particular, because that's where we first see it, right? We start to develop wrinkles and um, there's a bit of stigma around that. And I'm, I'm wondering like, if you could maybe shed some light on, you know, like why our skin is aging and, and what we can also do about it. Can we, can we actually slow that process of, of aging our skin or can we treat it uh, through different products. Yeah, aging is such a hot topic right now. And, you know, longevity, how do we live like the most full, healthiest life? And yep. I like thinking about it in terms of like a health span versus lifespan. So how, how, how can we maximize our health span to where we're actually functioning and, you know, adding value to society versus lifespan where maybe you're not like doing too hot for the last one, two decades of your life, but you're still kind of kicking. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in being healthy, you know, up until, and then, you know, just dying from some like random thing in my sleep. Yeah. We, we want to be healthy. We want to be mobile. We, we don't want to be confined to a bed for the last 10 years of our life. Right. I mean, that's not really the best life spent as well. No, it's not living. And that's just become the norm, unfortunately. But one thing I'm really geeking out on right now is autophagy. 
And I recently wrote a blog post on this, but there was a man, a Japanese scientist who won the Nobel Prize of Medicine in 2016 for his research in autophagy. And I think that kind of generated a lot of excitement about it. And since then, there's been a lot of buzz about it. But I think it's just so it's the process, the body's cell. So, so do you fast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so with autophagy, it's like the body's cellular cleansing process where it gets rid of old or mal- malfunctioning cells and replaces them with newer, better functioning cells. And how one of the main ways to activate that, really the main way to activate that is through fasting. And um, I have just, I've seen a big difference in my own skin health since doing this. I have kind of a few fasting protocols that I've been following and working with my doctor on, but um I just think that it, it's something we've always done as humans. Like I mentioned earlier, food hasn't always been plentiful. And I think it's, we have evolved to need that time of rest from food and, you know, a time for our body to kind of rejuvenate itself, which doesn't happen when we're constantly digesting food. So um, I think that is, it's just, it's huge for for anti-aging and longevity. Right. And um, from what I gather, another factor can also be sunshine and particular UV. How how does sun actually affect our skin? Now we know, of course, it is a contributor towards melanoma and skin cancer, um, but also to, to actually aging our skin, right? Yeah. Sunlight can definitely cause oxidative damage and and be harmful to the skin. I do think it's important to get some sunlight. You know, it's the best way to get vitamin D, which is such a critical nutrient, but it's also really easy to overdo it. So I think it's, it's very important to protect the skin from the sun and wear protective clothing or um, a broad spectrum SPF. Um, I think a lot of the SPFs on the market, I like to use zinc oxide, um, non-nano zinc oxide, the kind that sits on your skin and doesn't get absorbed. I know it it doesn't appeal to everyone because it does leave Mm -hmm. like a white film on your skin, but um, it really is the best way to protect the skin without like absorbing any harmful chemicals and also to get that broad spectrum protection because um, certain types of SPF, like they don't block, they'll block one type of ray. I forget if it's UVA or UVB, but they won't block the other. And there's one of them protects you from sunburn. So like you, you won't think that you've incurred any damage because you won't be, you won't have a sunburn, but ultimately I want to say that it blocks UVB, but not UVA and UVA is like, will still get in and cause damage, but you just won't see it right away because you're protected from the UVB sunburn. So a lot of sunscreens are like that, which is why I always opt for like the the non-nano zinc oxide that it sits on your skin, but it's going to give you the best coverage possible. And what SPF would you recommend? Like SPF 30 plus, or do you need to go all the way 50 plus or more? Um, I think like the sky high SPFs are kind of overrated. You know, I, I usually use, I think I use like a 30 or 35, but I, I'm also big on just kind of being mindful of your sun exposure. And I think a lot of times also when you're purely relying on a sunscreen for protection, you're kind of turning off your body's instinctual cues of like how much sun is too much sun. And, you know, if you, if you're going to be out in the sun for the entire day and feel fine about it just because you have an SPF 80 on, you know, that's not, that's still not doing your body any favors. And you're, you're getting into probably like dehydration territory and things like that, that you also have to consider. So I think that, you know, I will use an SPF if I am going to be in the sun for prolonged periods of time, but I also like to just kind of feel in tune with my body and, you know, when, how much sun is too much sun and when it's time to, to cover up and go inside for a bit, I feel like I can, I can be more 
aligned with those senses if I'm if I'm not like just relying on sunscreen, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And would would you though recommend, you know, like wearing sunscreen almost any time you go outside? I've I've heard some dermatologists say there is really no healthy tan at all. Like you should not get tanned. It's it's gonna be bad for you in the long run. Yeah, I know. I've heard a lot of people say that too. And I would actually disagree with that. I think we're meant to to get some sunlight. And I think that, you know, that also kind of goes back to foods. And if we are eating really foods with like a lot of that can cause a lot of oxidative stress, we're not going to be very well protected from the sun. And maybe in that case, you should wear a sunscreen like super frequently. But there are so many nutritious foods that will give you your body, especially like the healthy fats that will really help to protect your skin from sun damage. So it all kind of works together, right? Like to, to be in terms of like how to be your most healthy self. But in general, for people that are following a healthy diet, I, I really don't think we need to be applying sunscreen if we're going for a 10 minute walk or anything like that. I think that we do need some sunlight and, you know, there are benefits that come with having sunlight, but I just think it's important to be mindful um, use wear protective clothing and sunscreen. If you will, if you plan to be outside for extended periods of time. Right. That's some really good advice. Do you, do you see anything else that we could do to keep uh, or to slow, let's say the, the aging process of our skin? Yeah. I mean, I think that moisturizing is, is key for, for slowing that process. So caring for your skin on the outside in is also really important. And even people with oily skin who maybe feel like they don't need that extra moisture was a mistake I made for a long time. I never wore lotion. I would use super harsh cleansers because my skin was oily. And I thought if I use a really harsh cleanser and strip the skin of its oil, then you know, I would be doing something good for my skin. But really, when you do that, you're causing your skin to then overproduce oil because it feels like it's, you know, it's being stripped of its oil, and then it works too hard to to overproduce. And then you're left with more oily skin. So I think moisturizing is important for any skin type. And then why is it so important to keep our skin moist? Just what it does for for the, the outer layer of the skin and how it can be very protective and nourishing for the skin cells. And, um, you know, if, if you let your skin kind of become really dry, if you think about like when you're in the cold or just anytime your skin feels really dry, I feel like that's always when the wrinkles are like the most noticeable because they're not, there's no lubrication. There's nothing to kind of soften that. But for people that are like diligent about moisturizing every morning, every night, as part of their normal routine, they're going to be a lot less likely. Their skin is, is not going to dry out in the same way and will definitely look younger for longer. And do, do you see that? Do you see also a place for, well, special anti-aging creams of some sort? Or is it not necessary? Um, I think that those can be helpful. I just think that it's important for people to be aware of like how clean the cream is. Like I mentioned earlier, with with all of the chemicals that mm -hmm. are on the market and so few of them being tested, there's such a there's a lot of room for more damage than good to take place. So maybe so how something do you know? works. How can you differentiate um, the bad creams from the good creams? Yeah, that's a good question because the average person doesn't know like the names of all those chemicals and exactly. how safe they are. There is a website um, called, well, there's the Environmental Working Group is a great resource. So you can look up any ingredient on their website and you can see like from a scale of one to 10, kind of how they would rate it. And they're usually pretty reliable. And then there is also an app called Think Dirty 
that has a really good, helpful rating system as well. And with that one, you can scan a product barcode. And depending on the popularity of the product, I don't think they have every product in the world in their database, but they have quite a few. And you can scan it and actually it'll give you a breakdown of what they would rate the product as a whole and also the individual ingredients in the product and how those would be rated. Oh, that's awesome. That that there's like such a resource and um yeah i mean like are there are there any other common pitfalls you know like when when looking at uh skincare products that one should look out for yeah one ingredient that that i would always recommend avoiding is fragrance it's in almost everything but what a lot of people don't realize is that fragrance is a blanket term and it's protected by the fda as a trade secret so companies don't have to disclose what's in their fragrances But Mm -hmm. there could be hundreds of ingredients and there usually is several ingredients that make up that fragrance, but companies are allowed to label it that way and you never find out as the consumer what's in it. So I would always steer clear of that one because there are so many harmful ingredients that could be blanketed under that fragrance term. Like, like what, what's like the worst that could happen if you, you know, end up using like the wrong product? Um, I mean, I think short-term allergic reactions are probably just allergic reactions in, in general are the most common thing. But um, when I think about toxic load, I just think about like our overtime all the toxins that we accumulate in our bodies, you know, and all the things we're exposing ourselves to and the food we eat and the products we use and the air we breathe. There are just so many more toxins in our environment today versus, you know, 50, 100 years ago. We're exposing ourselves to so much and our bodies aren't meant to detox all of that. So I think whatever we can control in our environment, it's important to, to do that and to be mindful of that and just focus on the things that the things that we can control because outside of that there are so many things that we have less control over like the air and you know like things we're exposed to at work or whatnot but you know with our with our home and our products at home and things like that we do have a say and I think that's a really that's really empowering because a lot of people will look at their health as like kind of just their what the, the card they've been dealt versus thinking of it in a in an empowering way. Like I have the the power to change my body to be the healthiest version of myself and things like that. Yeah. I don't think like for most people, it's not going to be, they use a product and they, you know, their skin is ruined. It's more like that accumulative effect of what what those toxins do over time. I mean, you, you kind of touched upon earlier that a moisturizer is sort of an essential, what other products do you see really as essential skincare products that everyone should be really using? Yeah. I think just to get into the basics of it. Um, cleansing, toning, and moisturizing is kind of the steps that you can follow. And there are companies that will sell like 10, 12 step skincare routines. I don't think that is necessary. I think at the very least, just cleansing, toning, moisturizing is something that everyone should be doing. And, and why is that? Um, so cleansing, obviously, just to kind of get rid of the dirt and build up that, that accumulates on the skin over the course of the day. Um, I think in the evening, especially is a really important time to, to cleanse the skin. And then, you know, while we're sleeping, like so much regeneration happens and it's such a great way of kind of like easing your body into that state of regeneration. And also just feels good at the end of the day to like wash your face and kind of like get rid of all that. Yeah. So, um, super important at least once a day in the evening for people to wash their skin, um, toning is a big one as well. It balances the pH of the skin and it's kind of like that extra extra step in just kind of getting rid of any maybe lingering dirt or buildup that wasn't flushed out during the cleansing process. And then moisturizing just 
just to kind of give your skin some extra nourishment and love after you've kind of cleansed and toned, um, just putting that, that hydration back into the skin with moisturizing will, will really help the skin out. And are there like some particular ingredients that one should look for, you know, to have in a moisturizer, for instance, to nourish their skin? Yeah. I mean, it depends on skin type. And at Primally Pure, we have a few different moisturizers to choose from kind of based on skin state. And we are working on refining that even more. But um, jojoba oil is like a really basic one that it's really similar to our skin's sebum. So it will work well for really any skin type. And then as you know, depending on what your skin type is, you can kind of get more specific and use oils that really like are best for whatever condition that you're dealing with. We have serums that are really skin specific. We have a plumping serum, a soothing serum, and a clarifying serum. And each of those has oils that are like formulated specifically for that skin type. So the soothing serum, it has pumpkin seed oil, pomegranate seed oil, squalane oil, evening primrose oil, just really like gentle supportive oils for skin that might be irritated. In our clarifying serum, we have ingredients like turmeric and green tea, like oils that are really great for balancing out inflammation. And then in the plumping serum, we have ingredients like green coffee oil, which caffeine can be like really helpful for boosting circulation and fighting signs of the free radicals. Um, we have ingredients like astaxanthin, which is a type of algae also has a lot of antioxidants. And then rosehip seed oil is a great one for aging skin. It's, um, it's been studied a lot for its ability to improve fine lines and wrinkles. Now, you kind of touched upon it at the beginning of how you actually got started. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, if there are any natural remedies or, you know, that one could, you know, even come up themselves, you know, at home, you know, I've heard you know, tea bags used to be at least a thing, you know, like to put those onto your eyes or you yeah. know, coconut oil. Like what are like the things one can do? That's a great question. I think that people will legitimately be better off using ingredients in their kitchen than they would be buying ingredients from or buying products from the drugstore. So it's like so much better to just use stuff lying around your house than it would be to buy Neutrogena or Clean and Clear products. But, you know, things like avocado oil can be a great moisturizer. Um, we're also big fans of the oil cleansing method at Primally Pure. So that is like washing your face with oil. When you're doing that, you're it's based on the principle that like dissolves like. So you're using oil to really like attach to the existing oils and grime and buildup in your skin. And you're kind of massaging that oil in and you take a washcloth, a warm washcloth, and just gently, you know, wipe the surface of your skin off with that. And it feels incredible. It really, really gives you a deep, deep clean. And that can be done with avocado oil. It can be done with olive oil. It can be done with coconut oil, although coconut oil is sometimes not the best for people dealing with breakouts. But hmm. um, yeah, you can do so much with just what you have lying around in your house. Um, and like I mentioned earlier for deodorant, I was using just coconut oil and baking soda in the beginning and mixing that together. That works amazing for a deodorant so much and so much safer than any deodorant that you'll find at the store for the most part. So yeah, there's tons of little hacks like that, that, that people can use. And then, you know, for a toner, like mixing water with apple cider vinegar is a really easy one. Yeah. Using food for your skin is going to be, you'll be better off than, than using products that have 
tons of toxic ingredients. Now, I've, I've seen on your website that you also have a CBD line. And I'm just curious, we, we just recently had somebody also to talk about CBD, but what is like your take on CBD and its specific benefits for our skin health? Yeah, we launched a line of CBD products a few years ago, and it's been so great. People have been really loving them. CBD can be really helpful for conditions like psoriasis and eczema and even acne. Um, it contains gamma linoleic acid more so than any other plant. It's um, CBD in general is filled with antibiotic, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant properties. So it can really help with a wide range of things. It also contains fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, and E, and lots of amino acids. But yeah, it's definitely like a, a superfood for the skin. And then not to mention like the the terpenes and cannabinoids and flavonoids and all of that stuff that's really prevalent in CBD. Nice. Um, yeah, one one thought I still had actually regarding, because you brought it up earlier with um, toxins and how there are so many more now around us ever since, you know, we entered the industrial age. And I used to live in China many years back. And one, one factor that was often cited among the people there was how bad the pollution was and how bad, you know, the constant smoking of cigarettes was and how it is also affecting your skin. You know, actually, I saw a lot of yeah. people also, they are suffering from acne and it was cited as one of the main reasons. Is there like some truth to it or what is your take towards it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've never been to China, but I've heard that it's pretty bad there. And I think any type of toxin that we come into contact with can cause inflammation in the body and affects like every organ and, and you know, the skin is one of them. So yeah, that that's a tough one. I definitely feel right. for, for the people that are being exposed to that. And I, I guess, especially when we're outside, it's it's really hard to do something against it. But when we're indoors, right. like, would you recommend using something like, a, you, you know, a, a filtration system, like, to to kind of yeah. clean up your air? Yeah, air purifiers can be really helpful. I my favorite brand is Austin Air. They make a really nice one, so I would definitely recommend that. Nice. Um, so just wrapping up, how how do you see the future of all for well both primarily pure in, in the near-term future, but also for skincare as an industry as a whole? Like, are you observing any changes towards um, what is happening in, in inside of the industry? Yes, so many. And it's been so cool to see just starting this, we're kind of starting this journey so many years ago, like eight, nine years ago now, back when this wasn't as much of a thing, natural skincare wasn't a big conversation. And now clean beauty has just exploded. So it's been really cool to see that transformation happen. And I think that it'll only continue to get bigger. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's not a trend. It's, you know, getting back to the basics of what skincare should look like. So really love being a part of that. And as a brand, I'm excited to just focus even more on caring for the skin from a holistic perspective and what that looks like, you know, treating skincare as like a, a whole body thing versus just using this cream on your skin to cover up a symptom. I'm really excited to just get that message out there of what it looks like to really care for the skin holistically. Do you ever think you you will expand like to say hair products because that's actually a whole other area as well to take care of, right? Yeah, it is. We get asked about that quite a bit, but um, no plans at the moment. We do have a dry shampoo, but um, no plans for a conditioner or shampoo at the moment. Got it. But who knows? 
you never know. And if our listeners want to buy your products or at least learn more about them, how can they find them? Yeah, thanks for asking. You can find us at primallypure.com. And then we are pretty active over on Instagram at primallypure. Awesome. Bethany McDaniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. It was great chatting with you. All right, that concludes today's interview. And I'd really argue that the health of our skin can often be easily overlooked. And I think one big takeaway from today's discussion with Bethany is that we shouldn't treat skin all that different from our other organs just because it's the most visible one and it's external. Topical skincare products like cleansers, toners, moisturizers, and especially sunblock play a big role in caring for our skin. But the bucket shouldn't stop there. Research has indeed shown that prevention is the best and most effective way to work against skin aging effects. Nutrition is a huge factor on the health of our skin. Antioxidants have shown to play a large role in mitigating the effects of sun rays on the aging of our skin. Some of the most important antioxidants include vitamin A, C, D and E and coenzyme Q10 which can be found in a variety of different meats, fruits, and leafy green vegetable, but also some topical products that you can apply on your skin. Essential fatty acids found in food sources such as fish, avocados, ham, soya, canola oil, as well as flax, shear, pumpkin, and sunflower seeds have shown a reduction in UV-induced inflammation as well. Other studies have also shown that cutting, well, your dairy and your carbohydrate intake from your diet has significantly reduced skin conditions like acne. Caloric restriction as well as fasting without malnutrition, of course, have shown to induce autophagy in mice as well as worms, which has led to increased cell and DNA repair, which is also, of course, immensely beneficial for your skin. Last but not least, external factors such as prolonged sun exposure but also smoking, pollution and sleep deprivation are all playing a huge role and we've included some of the latest research in our show notes on 20minute.fitness if you would like to dive deeper into this topic and of course the the block of Primarily Pure is also a great resource to learn more about skincare. I for one was definitely surprised by how much sun exposure accelerates the aging of our skin and it's it's really been making me think twice before I deliberately try to get tanned again I think. Anyways that's all for today's 20 minute fitness. I'm Martin Kessler. Our show is proudly produced by Shape and mixed by Lila Lasso in San Francisco. See you next week. <laughs>